go. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode. It's episode 53, and we got Jack back on today. What up, Jack? What's up, Kenny? How we doing, buddy? Bro, getting so ready for this game on Sunday. I mean, we're both wearing our jerseys. We're, we're ready. We yeah, ready so ready for this game on Sunday. I, I think this one's going to be real exciting. I think we should just lead off with that and then move to the Michigan-Michigan State later. So let's just lead off right now with the Lions. Yeah, sounds good, man. Do it. Wow. What a week. I mean, we got – it looked like yesterday a lot of Seahawks players were going to be out. They have pretty much their whole team on on the uh, practice list. I just looked at it today. It looks like they're going to be at full strength on Sunday. Obviously, a big disappointment for the Lions. Jack, you would probably agree on that. You you were hoping – I mean, personally, I was hoping, as much as I hate injuries, I was hoping to see K-9 out this week because that offense is nothing without him. Right, 100%. You know, I've, you don't wish injuries on anybody, but, you know, for Detroit's sake, it would have helped us a little bit because we need uh, – now we really rely on Baker Mayfield. He needs the ball out. We need some big help. I wish this Lions-Packers game was just a simple win and get in. I'm honestly more nervous about the help side than us uh, winning in Lambeau. Really? You're more worried about the help side? I really I'm am. I'm more worried about Lambeau. I honestly, at this point, just if they beat Green Bay, I'm going to walk out of the season content. Like, okay, great season. Scratch it, scratch it off. Next year, we're going for the division, right? So, like, they don't beat – that's the game I'm worried about. Whatever happens, happens with the Seahawks. You're either getting the Sunday from Baker Mayfield, 350 yards, four touchdowns and one pick, or you're getting 175 yards, one touchdown, three turnovers. Pick which one you're going to get right now, Jack. What are we getting on Sunday? We're getting the first option right there. We got to have faith, man. I like that you said originally. We got to have faith. I, I think people, as much as Baker sucks, and I think you would agree, shit quarterback. Very inconsistent, yes. Shit quarterback. And when you watch him play, you're either getting one or the other out of him. You're getting no middle ground with him. You're not getting a 200-yard game with two touchdowns and no picks. You're getting a big game like you did against Denver, or you're getting nothing out of him on Sunday. And honestly, I mean, the Seahawks are down a few guys on defense. They lost their top linebacker this week to an injury. He's out for the year. So it gives me a little bit of hope that Baker might be able to do something on Sunday. I mean, but it's not the worst thing in the world for that pick to become a top four pick. Yeah, 100%. But I don't know, man, with how, with how just insane of a season it was, you just got to complete it, dude. You got to get to the postseason. Mm -hmm. I think I honestly, I totally agree, you know, um, just such a fun year, and you can clearly see the growth, you know, going from one and six to where we're at now. It's it's unbelievable. And uh, a lot of me just doesn't want it to end in such a dramatic fashion with, you know, I, I totally agree with that. It's still a big game, regardless of what happens in the Seattle-Los Angeles game. Beating Green Bay at Lambeau, eliminating Rodgers from going to the postseason, that's magnificent. That is brand-new Lions stuff right there. 100% agree. I knew. But, God, man, to go to the postseason – and Dan Campbell's second year after a one and six start, that is just it right there. I just want this team to walk out on their own terms. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I don't want this season to be side, decided by Seattle. Like that would hurt me. I'd probably hurt the players too. Like shit, we could have walked out on our own terms. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately that's not going to be the case more than likely. They're probably going to walk out with a Seattle win. I'm a little more optimistic about Baker though. I mean, after people are forgetting, put up 51 points. You know, he led him to a comeback win in his first Monday night football game. So yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. Good. Thank you for bringing that up. 
he's not playing yeah. bad football. You also got to understand Baker Mayfield's playing for a second contract with the Rams right. or playing for a contract at somewhere else with a starting job. He's not playing atrocious football. No. You know, last week was atrocious. You're going to get those weeks out of Baker Mayfield. We've seen it his entire career. And you even saw it a lot at Oklahoma. He's kind of the same way. Like he's going to have a big game and he's going to follow it by laying an egg for one or two weeks, you know, throughout the season. And those one or two weeks are so bad that we're talking about how bad Baker Mayfield is the entire off season. Cause he has two or three, four really bad games throughout the season. But he, I mean, most of the time, you know, the guy is a decent quarterback realistically speaking, he should be able to keep that game close this week with the, with, with Seattle, because I personally don't think Seattle is that good. I agree. You know, um, Baker Mayfield, definitely, you know, my buddy and I were just talking about him back in his Oklahoma days and his Cleveland Brown days and how we honestly kind of miss watching him play fantastic starting quarterback football. So honestly, you nailed it. I think he's got a lot to prove for himself. If you want to maintain a status in the league, He's going to play hard in this game. He's going to finish out the season strong despite having no implications as a team. Baker Mayfield himself has a lot of implications. A ton. And, and that's why I'm a little, I'm talking myself into more optimism with this game because it's like, oh, well, we might have a chance because Baker's playing for a contract. I was hoping Stafford would come off the IR. Oh my God. Did, did Kelly Stafford really say that he was going to? She was hinting it. But he's not going to do it. I mean, if he dresses that would, be, that would be so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> I mean, if he does it, he does it great. I mean, we have a chance, better chance now. But right. I mean, at this point, you, you sit down the rest of the season if you're Stafford and you just let this one play out. But I, I do think this game does mean a lot to Stafford. And I think that he's going to really rally Baker up to try to win this game because you, you do have to understand, like, Stafford's a – Detroit boy pretty much at this point like he's not going to be remembered as a Los Angeles Ram he's going to be remembered as a Detroit Lion whether you like that or not as a Rams fan even though he got a Super Bowl there we're not talking about Stafford in a Rams jersey he he's a Detroit guy you know he's probably going to root for Detroit this week and obviously he's going to probably get his team more ready than normal this week I want to ask I want to ask you a question about that do you think for him, it's more of kind of like a humorous thing, like in the locker room, like, all right, you guys got to play like hard. This is my former team. Or do you think he's actually taking this seriously and wanting them to win this game much more than others? I personally think he still loves it here. I don't think he ever wanted to truly go. You know what I mean? I don't think he ever, he knew it was up. He knew the time was up at that point. But I, I personally think He's not directly saying like, oh, well, you guys need to play harder for Detroit. No, he's probably saying they're pushing them a little harder this week. You know, he wants, he probably wants the Lions to get in more than anybody else on that roster, more than anybody else in the NFL right now, besides, you know, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I think he's pushing them to win. That's my thought. I like. That. I think he's going to push them a little harder this week than he normally would. Yeah. But my question for you is, Who's winning this game? And I'll be right back. Who's winning this? Who's winning this Detroit game? God. Good question, Kenny. I think, dude, I really, history's not on our side at all. You know, you're going into Lambeau. I, I, I'm really hesitant to trust Jared Goff in the outdoors. It just makes me think of the Carolina game. So, you know what? You want to know what the conditions are? What? Weather in the 20 degrees. No precipitation. 
Reminds you, but reminds you of the Carolina game, doesn't it? And Jared Goff just had an atrocious game. His stat line will tell you otherwise. It's deceiving. But with all that being said, if if this is a brand new Lions team, and if Dan Campbell's really the man, Detroit wins this game, and I'm taking them to win it. I'm taking them to win a very close game. Lions beat the Packers. You're taking Detroit. I'm taking Detroit, Kenny. I'm doing it. Oh, look at you. Let's go Lions, baby. Let's go. We're getting this win on Sunday. Look at this helmet. I think my pick, 31-28 Detroit. Green Bay tries to make a push at the end of the game. And the new Lions get a stop. Stop Aaron Rodgers. Win this game. Do they get to the postseason? I don't know. Yep. But. I do think they win this game regardless on Sunday and Campbell will have these guys ready. And honestly, Goff is going to have a good game. He looks so comfortable lately outside that Carolina game. He's looked really comfortable. He's looked like a good, great quarterback, not just a good quarterback. He's looked like a great quarterback down the stretch watching the Lions last couple of weeks and watching Jared Goff play good football. I think he continues to play good football this week against green Bay and makes yeah. a statement for himself and picks up a little extra money on this extension coming up with this game. That's my thought. I love that thought, man. I mean, I think I'm drinking all the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid too, to be honest with you. It's yeah. either reps versus Detroit, or we go and get a stop at the end of the game. Like we all know national media. I hate the national media, man. How, how in the world are you out there picking Green Bay? Literally damn near everybody. Like that Marcus also, Spears. Did you see Marcus Spears took Detroit today? He did. Really? <laughs> Great. I mean, one person in national media is taking Detroit. Well, guess what? We're going to show everybody differently this week. We are. This is the brand new Lions. BNL, baby. Brand new Lions. I'm so pumped for this week. I mean, I was talking about this last episode. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I think Sheila Hamp has done a phenomenal job. I listened to you say that. And at first, I was a little bit like, you know, obviously, I just, I just don't like the Ford family and neither do any Lions fans. So you sort of have a negative connotation right off the bat for Sheila. But with what you were saying, you made fantastic points. Sheila has brought in Brad Holmes and Brad Holmes has drafted phenomenally brought in Dan Campbell. This team really is turning it around more than Martha Firestone Ford was ever able to do. Well, and you also have to realize every practice she's been at this year, when did you ever see William or Martha at a single practice? Never. Never. Every game she's there. When, when was Martha or William, did they ever leave their box? They never went to the locker room. They never even left their box. No, you're right. No. This is a little different. You've got to give her the chance. I, I know a lot of people are like, well, fuck the Ford family. And I get that. But she's actually, you know, putting her best foot forward. And I, I don't think she's half-assing this like her parents did. Right. We'll see. I, I personally well, yeah, think she's doing I guess what makes it like unsettling is how, you know, she's born into it. Right. Which kind of right off the bat, I know it's, it's in a lot of ownerships, but it, it kind of rubs you the wrong way, you know, mm-hmm. but you, you nail it, man. I mean, she's, she's done a lot and that, that does say a lot to be around the team. And it really, it seems like, it seems like she's got good rapport with the coaching staff as well as the players. Remember when they got their first win against Minnesota? Campbell's like picking her up in the locker room. Yeah. That I mean, fun. You, I think that she's going to do a good job here. As much as you guys will probably hate that take, 
I think she'll do a decent job here. You know what? If Chris Illich was in the Tigers clubhouse, if Chris Illich knew any players on the Tigers, if Chris Illich was hands-on with the team like his father was, I'd be like, okay, if he's losing baseball games and doing that, I don't really have an issue with him. You know what I mean? But when yeah. Mark, when, when, when Sheila is, was losing football games, but she was hands-on with the team, as much as I was like, fuck her for backing, backing Campbell and, and – Holmes, which at the time, I mean, I think everybody was pissed off at that. Right. But how many people would have given in the public pressure at that time and hit the panic button, probably, and probably would have fired their coach at that point? And, and at that time, pretty much any team would have fired their people. You know, especially for this fan base, this Detroit fan base, you know, I can speak personally. We are so angry. All I mean, the time. It, it might be the the worst sports franchise in the world historically mm-hmm. like the the hardest team to cheer for in the world that's why I just have this little momentum means so much and I guess that gets me more thankful because even if we don't make the postseason it was still I mean you nailed it we're playing meaningful football in January that's in a season good. we weren't supposed to win games in right kind of impressive listen, listen to that you compare Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers since week 13 Goff four and one, Rogers four and oh. Goff 12 touchdowns, Rogers four. Goff zero interceptions, Rogers two. Passing yards per game, Goff is averaging over 306 passing yards per game, while Aaron Rodgers only over 200. Passer rating 113 to 87. Wow. But Rogers comes to play. You do forget primetime Aaron Rodgers is a different breed. It is. That he doesn't play well at one o'clock, but you put him on eight o'clock Sunday night football. You put him at eight o'clock on Thursday, and you put him at eight thirty on Monday. You know he's coming out and playing a game because he always shows up when the lights are bright. You do gotta realize as lines, you know Deshaun Elliott coming out and saying, "I hate Aaron Rodgers. I hate everything about him." I love you for that. Yeah, I love you for that. You know what? We need shit talkers like that. Yep. Most of these teams we've had are soft as fuck. Aaron Rodgers says something, well, we'll just let him keep running his mouth, blah, 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 blah. And he's done it his entire career. Well, you know what? Deshaun Elliott faces the reporters today and puts his foot down right there. Yep, I like that too. Good I energy. love it. Especially for a guy that's coming back off the injury, after of an injury this week. You know, we, we were talking about before the episode, you know, we might not have Okuda, which sucks. Yeah. But the secondary is going to be a ton better this week. Regardless, I think getting Elliott back and putting him back there with Kirby is going to make a big difference on Sunday. And then hopefully you get Okuda and Jerry Jacobs back back together and you have your entire secondary healthy. I mean, the injury report was pretty clean. Ragnall's the only guy I'm concerned about not playing on Sunday. And if that's the only guy who doesn't play, well, shit. If, if 20 out of my, 21 out of my 22 starters are playing on Sunday, I don't have a problem. Totally agree. Totally agree. I want to move into Jim Harbaugh talk, our little Christian Irvin Meyer. Wow. I mean, it, this I didn't see coming. It's a bullshit violation. But for him to go out there and lie is a bad look because everybody knows, number one, he's a scumbag. Number two, he's a bigger scumbag. And number three, he's probably the biggest scumbag in college football. So for him to go out and do that just backs pretty much his entire reputation, just solidifies his name, especially with him signing the letter with Bo saying he's expecting to return to Michigan. Just the yeah. cherry on top throwing Bo in that letter. You know, that university, you know, their obsession with a guy with zero national championships yeah. and knew his son was molested 
Yep. The obsession with a dead man who had all that is delusional to me. And that university will sit there. And this is why everybody hates them. You know, this is why everybody hates them. I think Jim Harbaugh, before he gets his little suspension, will take that Carolina offer or take that Broncos offer, and he's going to NFL. I think Harbaugh's gone. I think this was the this violation was the cherry on top for him to leave Michigan. He will Pete Carroll his way out of Ann Arbor, and you'll probably see um, Shrad Moore become or whatever his name is become the new head coach. But very interesting situation here. I think this whole violation thing motivates him to go pro. What do you think? I'm definitely going to be interested to see what happens after this. I mean, it's definitely on the table, 100%. The guys that, pardon the interruption, were having a debate about it. I wasn't able to listen, but it's I, I'm kind of split on it. Mm-hmm. And I totally get what you're saying about including, including Bo Schimbettler in that letter was just not a good look. I totally agree. If you go to Michigan games, you know they play an iconic James Earl Jones pump-up video before they run out and touch the Go Blue banner. Gives me goosebumps. They took Schimbeckler out of that video. They're, did they already remove the statue by Schimbeckler Hall? No, I think they, they covered it. I think they just renamed it, right? They took the Schimbeckler I have no – they did something about it. Yeah, I'm blanking right now. But So that was a bad look. But honestly, I think it is it is a total bullshit violation. I mean, getting a guy a burger. But at, at that year, is the COVID year, you're not allowed to go face-to-face with a recruit. So that was just – yeah, you, you can't do that. And I agree, he's a little bit of a scumbag. He wins football games. He's he's a I think this year, more than anything, he's shown that he's a player's coach. Before this year, I've sort of questioned it. Me too. But um yeah, just stupid. It, it's stupid for you to go out and lie about it because it just it just shows that you're not any different than what everybody else perceives you as. You know yeah. what I mean? And now you're facing but, you know, you might have been facing two level two violations, which is like, whatever, we're going to give you a year of probation or we'll slap you on the wrist with a fine. You know, that's all it would have been. It, but they sat there and he lied. He, if he didn't sit there and lie about it, I think it would have been a tiny slap on the wrist, a little fine and one year probation, whatever. We're done with it, right? Right. But now you lied about it. Now you're talking about probably missing the first two or three games of next year because that's a level one violation, right? So you're getting a bigger punishment. So I, I don't know. I, I think he's 100% out, and I think he will leave before he gets suspended. It's because he has too much pride, right? Too much. Too much. He's always had that. And you know what? The pride comes before the fall. And I think the Domino's are starting to fall in Ann Arbor. And – um just as they were getting up. Right. I think that we're going to – for players like McCarthy, Donovan Edwards. Anthony just entered the transfer portal. But for players like McCarthy and Edwards and these young guys, man, it would suck to go into this, like, after a good season. Like, every year your coach is getting rumors about leaving, and he entertains them. Last year he entertained them very far to the point where I was convinced he was going to have the Minnesota job. Me too. And – and for like, you know, these players, they love him. They, they, they talk so highly of him. I don't, it's, does it sort of seem kind of strange to me that, or to you that um, he's always like flirting with NFL offers. It sort of shows a lack of commitment to guys like McCarthy and Edwards and just other, other great players, Will Johnson, you know, all these guys, man. That's a phenomenal question. I personally think 
He's taken it the last year or two. I think he's 100% been interviewing. I think a lot of other rumors are just rumors of like, okay, Jim Harbaugh will get looks because he was a nine and seven, 10 and six, 11 and five coach in the NFL, right? So you're always going to see that rumor of, hey, I'm going to go to the NFL because I'm a good coach, whether it's true or not, it is what it is. But every year, somebody's going to take a look at Jim Harbaugh to become their next head coach. It's just a guarantee because he's such a successful winning head coach. As a state fan, you hate to say the guy's a winner, but the guy's a winner everywhere he goes. He was a winner in San Fran, he's a winner at Stanford, he's a winner at Michigan. So you're going to see it. The last two or three years, I will you know, say 100% he was entertaining offers. I think he's still pissed off about the pay cut that he got back in COVID. I think he's very pissed about that. And I think he, I think last he voluntarily year, did that though. Yeah. But I think he's, it doesn't rub him the right way still. It, it wouldn't rub you off the right way. If you sat there and took a pay cut, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just, when I look at it, I think of, you know, like being the head coach at Michigan might be the hardest coaching job in the world in terms of publicity, not right. in the world, but in terms of the football world, like if, you know, his brother, John, just a consistent coach. You know, he's been in Baltimore forever. There's no reason to strike him ever for the media. But when Harbaugh was in San Francisco, he didn't get much bad press. He was a winner, except when he slapped Jim Schwartz on the back coming into the tunnel, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Great time. But um, Harbaugh faces the most scrutiny from the media out of any coach in America. No, he gets he gets the most praise from the media. That's I don't know. such maybe, a bad maybe team. maybe the past two years, but I don't know, dude. The media okay, I, I will give you that. The last couple of years has been really bad with the media. I think he could get turned on in a heartbeat. When he, if he has maybe more than two losses or even a two loss regular season, it's right back to it for him. Agreed. You know what, but that's Michigan expectation. You're taking that Michigan job. You're taking the job expecting to go 10 and two and beat Ohio state every year. You know, that coming in that interview, that's the job, right? Like that, that's what it is. You got to win the big 10. You got to beat Ohio state. That's the goal every single year for Michigan football. If they don't do that, well, too fuck bad. You're out. You know, it's been like that since Bo was there. I mean, you saw Rich Ryan, they gave him, caught him like that. They they got rid of Brady Hulk right, right there. You know, they have no problem getting rid of a coach who can't give them Big Ten titles. And you got to know that coming into the job. And you know what? Harbaugh's given them two. Two very well-deserved Big Ten titles. Get the shit out of Iowa State back-to-back years, a team that they were supposed to lose to back-to-back years. Yeah. You know, you got to give it to them. But I think the last, going back to it, the, you know, the last two years, I think last year he was going to take him. And, but I think this year, I think the I think the times before he's probably used it as leverage to get a bigger contract. This is my take. I think before the last two years he was using those as leverage, whether he was actually interviewing or not, or he took a phone call and answered the phone. Those were leverage talks for contract extensions, right? Right. Now I think he's actively looking for an NFL job because you know what? What does he have left to prove at Michigan? He wins an Addy. Okay, but like how many teams win an Addy? One team wins an Addy. You know, it's always the same three teams always winning it, too. He has nothing left to prove at Michigan. He's gotten them past the hump. He's gotten them back to their glory days. What does he have left to prove? Win another Big Ten title? I mean, he's done done everything he's needed to do. He's going to leave them high and dry, which is fucked up. 
He's going to do it. Does it not sort of seem incomplete? You know, you only get two of these years out of him? I mean, I, I, get, I get what you're saying, but he's kind of built up the program to where it needs to be. You know, he has not, he can't build it up any higher than it is. Am I wrong? He could be higher. They, Michigan hasn't won a bowl game since 2015. Dave, they're winning the Big Ten, man. And at, at U of M, to an older generation fan, to the, to the people that are pouring money in the athletic department, to the people that have been, whether they went to Michigan or not, which 99% of them didn't, the only thing that matters to them is if they won the Big Ten to the older generation. All the money guys, all the people with pockets only care about that. Well, it's kind of got nothing Modern left. Modern day Michigan fans want to expand that to a national championship. They've gotten to the college football playoff semifinal. They play TCU another time, Michigan trounces them. They play TCU 10 more times, Michigan wins that game. That was just an unbelievable loss. I think Michigan fans, after a season like this, you go 13-0, and you go to the college football playoff. They had legitimate expectations of a national championship. Yeah. And that I, I, I see where you're coming from, and I, I don't hate the take. It, it's just like, if you're thinking like he does, because it's, I, I mean, I was obviously, you know, Golden Isles winning daddy, but the way a Harbaugh thinks, he thinks like Bo. You know, I, I'm not talking about from a fan perspective. We all know he needs to win a natty. Okay, but, so I know what you're saying now. But for okay. his perspective and the way that he views college football, he's done everything he's needed to do. As okay. a fan, you're going to sit there and be like, he has to win a fucking title before he leaves. He needs to get past the first round before he leaves. But if you're Jim Harbaugh and you're wired the way that Jim Harbaugh is wired and the way that his people, his teammates, his coaches were wired, they're wired to just win the big time. And he's done that now. That was the Shem Beckler mentality. He was the king of the big 10. Right. Do you see where I'm coming from now though? Yes, I totally do. I was looking at it more in a fan's perspective, but yes, in Harbaugh's mind, in Harbaugh's mind, 100% agree he's he's reached the top. He has nothing left. That's it. I mean, we're going to move to Michigan basketball on the topic of Michigan. Michigan, Michigan State tomorrow. Going to be a good one. Really good one, I think. You know, John Howard can't coach at Breslin. 0-3 at Breslin. Yep. And it's about to be 0-4 because this is the worst team he's had step foot at Breslin in his four years at Michigan. And this one's going to be – I think it'll be close. I mean, it's never really a blowout. There's been very few blowouts in our lives. You last know, year was one. Last year was last one, year. and then the year before COVID, we fucked them at home. I remember that game. I was there. Me too. And then the year before that, we killed them in the Big Ten Championship. But you don't really get a whole lot of blowouts in this rivalry. It's always kind of a closer game. State, they look great against Nebraska the other night with Malik Hall back, full strength. I mean, they're looking like what they looked like in the beginning of the season. I personally am going to make the argument because after watching the last two games with Malik Hall, here's my argument. He yeah. is the most, he's not the best player on the team, but he's the highest impact on the team. Agreed, 100%. They look phenomenal with him. And you know what? Michigan, they look better the last couple games than Central, but I, I want to hear your takes on this. What do, you, what do you think about this game? I think it should be a very good game. And if you were to ask me, before Michigan's wins over Maryland and Penn State, I would say no. I'd say Sparty blowout. But the past two games, Michigan's looked very good. 
Dickinson's Dickinson has averaged like almost 25 points a game in these last two. Yeah. So Michigan's bouncing back big time after that central Michigan loss. I don't know if it's legit. It's two games. Michigan State, however, they're playing fantastic basketball. So, okay, the thing about Michigan basketball, they did have a team player-only meeting after that central game. I don't know if you heard about that. I did not hear about that. So, I don't know. I don't even know if that should be. I don't know who said that, but I've been hearing rumors they had that, right? Yeah. So, they had a players-only meeting. I think you remember this from the beeline days. Remember when they lost those two games in February a few years back? that we were like, they're out of March. It was the year they went, they went to be, lose to Villanova. Do you remember yeah. that March, or that, that February and late January, where it was like, oh, they're going to miss the term, man. I mean, they're, they were out of the bubble at one point that year. They had that players-only meeting. They fucked. At, remember, they lost that Michigan State and Ohio State game back-to-back games. Remember that year? They had, Michigan State, Ohio, they had Michigan State Ohio State back-to-back games. They lost like 20 to both of them. They had that players-only meeting, and they basically ran the table from there. Look, players-only meetings – work if you have the right leaders and the right players to do it and they sure as hell the last two games this is a different Michigan basketball team well, I remember the, that, you're talking about the 2017 year right right where they lost those back of that games Michigan State Ohio State had the players only meeting and ran the table basically from there and then they turned it on afterwards because I remember they ended up beating Ohio State at home and that's when it initially got started they won the Big Ten title and then beat Loyola in the final four advanced Villanova, right? Right. Yeah. That was the year that like you, if you had the right players do a players only meeting, they typically work. I bet there's a lot of screaming, but there are a lot of things being tossed around like normal, normal team player only meetings. Um, we had a few of those in high school shit. I mean, it works if you have the right leaders. That's all I'm going to say. And, you know, Michigan has a lot of upperclassmen. So we'll see. I mean, Joey Baker, upperclassman. Hunter Dickinson, upperclassman. Um, Terrence Williams, upperclassman. They have a lot of vets on this team that I think have the opportunity to become leaders. So yeah. we'll, see. we'll see. I think State comes out on tops on Saturday. Pretty easy fashion, I think. I think it'll be 73-66 Michigan State, and I think they pull ahead at the end hit the free throws, win this game. I like that. You know, that that atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. And, mm-hmm. yeah, Jawan Howard, 0-3 at the Breslin. Michigan's won three of the last 21 games at the Breslin Center. And I think this will be one of the best all-time atmospheres this rivalry has ever seen. It reminds me of the 2019 year. That was the year before our freshman year in college, Michigan State won. They swept Michigan that year. They won all three meetings, which was mm-hmm. – in Ann Arbor, then at the Breslin with the, I think it was it was a top ten matchup like five versus eight or something if I'm correct, that was like the highest ranked matchup at Breslin Center in school history, mm-hmm. and that was the loudest sports environment I've ever been at in my entire life. You think really? You were there? The Breslin was absolutely rocking. I think it has potential to match that. Everyone's coming back from break. Uh, we, you and I said we were both at the one our freshman year. 2020 coming back from break when they beat the breaks off Juwan Howard in their first year. That game. That atmosphere was crazy, wasn't it? Crazy. Because everybody's going to get hammered at noon and they're all going to head to the game at 2.30. First day back at school. First day back for drinking. Syllabus week. Yeah. Syllabus week. Everybody's going to be going that game. Everybody's going to be loud. 
everybody's going to be bowling. Nobody's got schoolwork. Nobody has anything to worry about Sunday outside of the Lions. So, yeah, Are you I think the environment's going to be unreal. Are you going to the game? No, I – so I tried to get the Izzone tickets this year. Yeah. Um, and the day I went out to buy it, they sold out. Oh, same damn. So I went, I had tickets for three years. This is my senior year. I'm pissed because it was like this team's actually kind of – they're not fun. There's nobody on this team like that's like, wow, fun to watch. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's always fun to go to those games. I mean, like the Purdue game, I'm trying to get tickets for. I was just going to say that. Yeah, so am I. So I'm trying to get tickets for Martin Luther King Day. But I, I that place gets rocking for big games. I mean, that, I'd say it's the top six hardest environment to play in in college basketball. Oh, you yeah. know, right behind Cameron Indoor, Allen Fieldhouse, Rupp. Hey, I mean, it's right there with all of them. Agreed. And it, it's going to be a, a sight to see on, on uh, Saturday. So yeah. thanks again, Jack, for coming on. You killed it again. Thank you, man. I love coming on, dude. I can't wait to see you at school. Yeah, I can't wait to Saturday, tune in Michigan, Michigan State. Sunday, we got Lions four down the field. Are you ready? Go! Yeah! Let's go, baby! Let's go, baby! (laughs) See you guys on Monday.